Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I get called by Big Sean. Gotta come to the studio. Gotta come to the studio right now. I was like, yo, I'm about to go. He's like, I don't care. Come to the studio. I was like, all right. I get to the studio. I don't know. I'm thinking he's doing something. Next thing you know, he's like, I'm on my way there. He calls me again. Yo, yay is here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get in. Skirt. Skirt. Boom. I get in. Yay is playing. Yay is yay is uh tweaking. He's he's mixing power, the song power. And he's trying to get these certain drums that he needs for the for the joint. Oh, why is Jay-Z walks in? So now in the in the studio it's Jay Brown, Jay Z, Kanye, Big Sean, Ron Fest is in the back, A track. Wow. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Sean like I just want to hug him. Just to be like, thank you, you know, for bringing me here, having me come. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Uh. Yeah. Everybody tuning in, you invited, you invited. No matter what mood you in, get excited, get excited. Everybody love the music. Let me tell you how they do it. Whether writer or an agent, let me tell you how they made it. You are now talking to a silent giant. Wanna walk in their shoes, silent giants. Wanna study they move, silent giants. Wanna know what they do, silent giants. Silent giants, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to the Silent Giants Podcast, a podcast highlighting the superstars behind your favorite superstars in creative industries. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. To keep up with the latest in the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at Silent Giants Podcast. To keep up with my life, music, and more, be sure to follow me as well at, at Corey Cambridge. Today on the show, we have a very special guest, Daytuan Thomas, editor in chief of Vibe Magazine. In this episode, Daytuan shares stories about getting a start in journalism, creating the iconic King magazine, and experiences being in the studio with Kanye West. I promise these are stories you'll definitely want to hear. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to the journalist, the editor-in-chief of Vibe magazine, my friend, the silent giant, Dayton Thomas. My man, Daytuan. What's going on, man? What's going on before I sip this El Presidente? Hey, man, you know. Hey, so, so, by the way, I'm very shocked that the Presidente is even here because you've been in the Dominican Republic before? Mm-mm. Only beer that you will find in DR, the only one is Presidente. It's President. Oh, there's another beer, Presidente Light. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No Corona. No, like nothing. No rest strike. No, nothing. You can't be serious. I don't, no care. I don't care if it's the finest dining experience in Dominican Republic. This is it. Or if it's like the 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 shack spot. Yeah. Presidente is everywhere. Let me tell you something, man. I, and it's funny that you mentioned the uh, Dominican Republic. I already know this is going to be a great <laughs> podcast. I want y'all to know that. So my wife. We've been married for like 17 years now. And of course, I started King Magazine, 
you know, Mr. King of all the girls. That didn't get you in trouble. Yeah, that alone (laughs) should have been, like, the marker for her to be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, it's crazy. There's only one thing that she she said I can't do. I can't go to the Dominican Republic. Dude. That's the one place. That's that and maybe Brazil. Everywhere else in the world is fair game, right? And I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? She's like, nah, you ain't going to the Dominican Republic without me. She's very smart. She went. She's very smart. She went with her homegirls. They went to the Dominican Republic. I ain't say nothing. But obviously there's something out there in the Dominican oh. Republic that I can't go with Can me I tell boy. you? Please do. Okay. Going to the Dominican Republic. You ever wonder, like, you know, uh, there's some rare times that you're able to put yourself in a, a certain person's shoes. Right. Right? right. So uh, with women, right, mm-hmm. uh, they will always complain about, oh, uh, these guys are heckling me. Oh, you know, um, you know, every, like guys are looking at me like sex objects. You right. know what I mean? And I was never able to really sympathize because, like, I can't. You know, I'm not, not in their shoes. Yeah. I mean, I understand, but I'm not truly understanding right. the way that, like, I probably should understand, or they, or they want me to understand. <laughs> so that's what it feels like going to the Dominican Republic that's crazy. because what the prostitution thing. So one, the women are beautiful. So they catcalling you. But it's not prostitution the way you think. Right. Right. It's not prostitution like you're, you're uh, like hey, on the street corner. Daddy. Right. They're, they're <laughs> not on the street corner. There's no fishnets. Nah. Like you're just at a party. Yeah. Right. And the party's lit. Right. Yep. Beautiful women. And like a girl would just come up to you and just like, hey, what's up? Like very like very just homegirlish. Just yeah, just on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And let's thing you know, like it's it's getting it's getting popping. You know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, they cooking. No, they cooking oh. for you in at your spot. Before they before you get to the <laughs> spot though, and they'll be they'll be with you for like three hours, wow. right? Yep. Chilling. Yep. Wow. Then they want money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it got to a point. It got to a point. <laughs> On the trip, where like you, I was just looking for a white person because I knew if you were white, we was gonna be good, right? Because it's black people down there, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, no one can be trusted at this point. Yo, I, I'm just, I'm done, I'm tired. Dancing the biggie, and then next thing you know, it's like, yo, dude, what's I'm, up? I'm talking about so serious. I literally go to the party and just find Sally Sue in the corner. <laughs> From like Wichita, and be like, "Yeah, what's going on? Let's, let's, let's holler. What do you do? Oh, oh, insurance. That's awesome. That's I love that. Like, I'm with it. So it's trust me, it's definitely not the place you go. And I went with my boys too. Oh man, yeah. The stories that my boys have come back with, insane. Yeah, like it's it's definitely insane. Your wife's very smart. Yeah, she's like, no, you nah, nah. nah she's very she's intuitive. Like, you're gonna no, 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 for sure, because. It's not, it's, it's not even you. Yeah. That's you what, are yo, a good guy. Hey, I try to be. Yeah. You are a good guy. <laughs> it's the system. The system was, down there is flawed. I'm like, yo, you you going though? Yeah, I'm different. I'm good. Oh, so, man. So how you doing, man? How's life? Oh, man. Everything is beautiful, man. Like, as much as um, I go out to L.A., you know, to work, do shoots and all that stuff, have meetings and everything. And everybody's all nice and cool. It's a nice little pace. You know, the the traffic is, is the traffic out there. Yeah, Same right. as here. For some reason, the New York track, traffic seems way more aggressive when it's stopped than out there. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to get to different meetings and stuff. And I'm like, yo, come on, man, let's go. Or if I'm in They're the They're also joints, probably high. Yeah. I mean, that being high and driving will do that to you. <laughs> like when you hot box in the whip, it, it's different. Hey, man, I'm going to get there when I get there. I get there when I get there. No anger. No anger, man. You chill. 
And I see why Puff and Jay and Russell and everybody's moving to L.A. These are New York people. Yep. These are quintessential. He, Puff has it tatted on him, New York. Tatted. Russell is Mr. New, Mr. Hollis. Jay-Z is Marcy Projects. Puff is Harlem. Yeah. Where are they? In Beverly Hills, Calabasas. Dude, I, I'm, I'm conflicted because I love New York City. I love the hustle. I, I love the people. Yep. I love being stimulated every single day. I love never having a day that's exactly the same. It's never the same. You Isn't that crazy? Mean? You can have your routine, but it's never the same. It's never the same. That's ill. That's There's always some, some so I call them variables. Yes. There's always random variables yep. sprinkled the throughout train your day. being bugged out will change your whole trajectory of your Stepping day. Stepping dog shit. It's over. Your day, what you doing now? You on road to Broadway, somebody yes. asking you for money crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like well, One homeless dude with an attitude could change your whole week. Roommate didn't do the dishes. <laughs> you touched on the point earlier about Jay, uh, Diddy, and Russ living in L.A. Like, how has that affected? Because I now realize that the entertainment industry is really in L.A. now. Yeah. There's not a lot of artists here. Yeah. How has that affected, like, your... Your life as a as a journalist. I, I have to go out there to do the stories. You know, not just because of them, but just because they shift the, the game so much. Right. You oh, know, of course. Uh, yeah, they, they shift it so much. And then when you think about who's already there in a Dr. Dre and you know what I mean? Like those are the guys that pretty much dictate everything that goes on within the industry. Um and even Kendrick now, like even Kendrick the, the is, hottest rapper in, on, man. in rap right now is there. LA. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. Um, when, when I think about where New York is right now, we don't necessarily have the, the nightlife that fueled the glory days of hip hop that came out of here. You know, you, back in the 90s, you, could, you, you can go to the Muse, you can go to tunnel. the Tunnel, yeah. you can go to Home Base, you can go to SOs or Carbon or... Exit, or you can go to these things. You can go to um, even Butter, you know, downtown. They used to have tramps and for the underground stuff that you really wanted to do. We don't have that anymore. Like, what is, where is the, like, One Oak? Oh, uh, One Oak. There was Greenhouse for there a little bit. There was Whip for a little bit. There was bit. Whip for a little bit. That, that, that was like that was, mid 2000s. That was like after Chris like Brown. That, that was yeah, kind of the that last. Was a rap. That was a rap. Like, once those things start happening, it was a rap. And, um, you you really you yearn for those things to keep the culture going. New York can't survive those type of things um, with the nightlife and the music industry the way that it is. Atlanta can, Miami can, LA. Houston can, LA LA can. Chicago seems like the only one that can too as well. It's just it's unfortunate, man, because we've we've been known as the hub for so long. Uh, I feel like now it's where. The artists go to L.A. to create. They go to Atlanta to create, and they come to New York to sign the deal. They, they, this is where the business happens. The, the business happens. Yeah, so it's become like an administrative yes, it's, it's, type it's, of... It's almost like the hip-hop HR. Yes, yes, <laughs> at 100%. It's only totally hip-hop, hip-hop HR. Yeah, you got to go to the HR department. Uh, let me get to New York. Right wow, there. that's crazy. Yeah. So so where does the story uh, start from you? Where are you, where are you from originally? Born and raised in Brooklyn. Well, what um, part of Brooklyn? I'm from... It's, it's crazy. My mom and dad, they never married, but... They, they were co-parented. So um, Prospect Heights, which is like, you know, if you think about its location, it's um, 
right around the corner. I grew up right around the corner from the Brooklyn Museum. Okay. In uh, Grand Army Plaza area. I used to live over there. Yeah, I was on Lincoln beautiful and Washington. Area. Yeah, it was beautiful. But back when I was growing up, it was nah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> the New York Times called it um, Crack Kingdom. Wow. Just growing up, like the Crooklyn movie, Spike Lee, yep. like that kind of feel back then. And um, of course, you know, I'm going to school. I got all my my little hood friends and everything. And then in '86, I'm I'm 11. My mom, my mom marries my stepdad. We moved to Japan. Wow. Yeah. So he's so in the Air Force. So how did moving to Japan uh, shape your life? Like it, it totally blew my mind. You know, um, culture shock. Uh, I, I I think. I think the culture shock was was so great when I got there um, that I didn't know what it was like when I got back to New York three years later. Also, do you, do you remember the moment when your parents tell you, like... Yeah, I remember. Oh, that's a dope one. That's dope. My mom was like, yo, um, you know, now that she married my stepdad, he was going in the Air Force, and then um, I remember we were in the kitchen, and she was like, well, he has to go away for training, and then after that, we're going to figure out, we'll find out where we're going, and the first spot was Japan, Yokota Air Force Base. And I was just like, wow, like, Japan? Like, you crazy? I'm in fifth grade, just starting in, like, fifth grade. So we did three years there, which was amazing, learned so much. Um, now I'm 14, and... We come back to New York for a month. This is my first time back in New York. In three years. In three years. It was like, I, it was almost like I didn't even recognize everything. Cause it's just like black people. It's just black people and it's <laughs> dirty and it's, it's, it's really dirty and it smells because Japan is like super clean, cherry blossoms. So to come back and stuff be bad, bad for bad, real, yeah. like the graffiti looked different. It was angrier. That's if crazy. I, if I could say something like, if that makes sense. I don't know, man. 89. So my mom is like, yo, we um, we just got orders for New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I'm like, what? Like, the only thing I knew about New Mexico, Albuquerque in particular, was that Bugs Bunny used to say, I took a wrong turn to Albuquerque. But what was ill was New Mexico University... They used to have these ill hip hop shows, and mind you, at eighty nine, I'm fourteen. Going into ninety, I'm 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 still fourteen, but I turned fifteen. Then I go, I win tickets. I was the radio guy. My mom, even back in the eighties, my mom used to always win on the radio in the eighties. She used to win all her tickets to everything. She had the system on the phone. So I start. I have the knack too. I just didn't pursue it as much as she did, but I have that same knack, and I won tickets to go to um, to the university to see that show. And I ended up meeting Search and Zev and Def Jeff, and I was telling them, like, yo, I want to make beats and all this stuff. And uh, they they were, they entertained me. When I told them I was from New York, they was like, where, where are you from in New York? And I told them, Brevoy, Ralph Avenue, Fulton. They was like, whatever. I was like, Lincoln Place between Washington and Hill. <laughs> they was like, all right, this kid know what you're talking about. Yeah, they yeah. was like, yo, you can roll with us, shorty. And I was just with them, chilling. And I and, and that feeling of me being with them and being important 
and being like, I right, I know my hip hop shit. I know you know my area is real. That sparked something in me. But I was still so homesick because now I'm going on like going into '91. I'm going into like my fifth year not being in New York. Yeah, you know. So those are the years where you learn about girls. Those are the years you learn about friends. That's those are the years you learn about everything that makes you who you are in your in your real teens yeah. later. You know, like your makeup. But what was so dope was that because of my lifestyle before I got to Japan, because my uncles were who they were and they gangster stuff and being from where I was, I wasn't the normal 11. Um, Because you get back to, how did you get back to New York? And then tell me the story of how you got into, like, into writing. Yo, man, I, I guess I got into writing because I was a big fan of comic books. And just reading, and um, and then when I got into high school, I went to Sarah J. Hell High School in downtown Brooklyn. Big Daddy came went there. Um, Biz Markey, Junior Mafia, Little Kim. Wow. Um, and it's like it's like uh like ghetto fame. You word up ghetto fame, <laughs> like hood fame. Right yeah, there. ghetto Laguardia. Word. That's what it was. And um, when I got in there, it was it was an English teacher by the name of um Mr. Yeager. And also, like our dean, um, he wasn't a dean, but he was just like the man, um, Mr. Leach. Those two teachers, excuse me, they they were the ones that just was like, "Yo, you special." They would tell you that. I was like, not not necessarily like you special, but like your skill set. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you have you have a, a gift. Talent. You have a gift. Yeah. You have you have a gift, or we think that you you should do this, and. Um, my skill set in communication and meeting people, because I've been I was thrown in these situations so young, um, of meeting new people in these strange places and in situations, made it easy for me to kind of be cool with everybody. And and so, you you leave high school, mm-hmm. and uh, did you have any like? Training and writing outside of, of high school. How'd you get your first job in the industry? No. Like, what was what was a big break for you in your in your career yeah. um, that kind of put you in the direction of doing this for for a living? Well, so I'm in Baruch, I'm in Baruch College, which is ten blocks south of um, of Vibe at the time. It was like Thirty First Street, Thirty Second and Thirty First, and it was on Twenty Third. And I'm in the um, computer lab. I just failed a math test. After that math test, I was just like bummed out, and I didn't have a computer at home. So the computer lab I got on, I went, I logged on to vibe.com. They were like one of the only real ones that had a like, website. That had a website. This is '96. Wow. Yeah, in dial-up era. Wow. AOL. All that, all that shit. And they had like this, um, this little sign that was floating that said "interns running." I clicked it, and it had a number. And I called the number. I had like 50 cent on me. I remember I was dead ass broke. I was hungry too. I was going to go get a bag of chips. I'll never forget. I was going to get a bag of chips. No cell phones, none of that. They had the um, pay phones right across from us. Yeah. So I wrote down the number real quick. I went to the pay phones and I used the 50 cent to call the number. It was a 212 number. And I remember when I called it, the dude picked up my man, uh, Greg Bishop. So... He was the one that picked up and was like, yo, come up. It's going to be like 300 people. It's going to be competitive, man. I hope you get it. Got a haircut. <laughs> I go to the building, 
and it was on a Saturday, and the security guard wasn't wasn't trying to hit me. And I was like, "Yo, you know, I'm here for the you know the intern thing and vibe." And he was like, "Yeah, ain't nobody here, B." Because I was like, "Yo, this can't be happening." Dude told me to be here at eleven. He gotta be here. And I go to the payphone again. Drop the quarters. Call the number. He picks up. I'm like, yo, they saying that you ain't there and all this stuff. Where you at? Is this the right building? You, you scanning me? Like that type of... Yeah. I, I'm just rattling. I'm still hood. Rattling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this is foul, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, yo, chill, chill. Nah, nah, nah. Where you at right now? I was like, I'm on the corner of the, of the drive right across the street from the building. He was like, wave your hand. Where, where at? I'm like, on the payphone. He was like, oh. He was like, look up the block. And he was hanging out the window, waving to me. Like, come up, come up. Just come back in the building, man. I got you. I was like, all right, cool. So, boom, I go upstairs, and I'm expecting like 300 people. I'm like, you know, 300 people will make some noise. I don't hear nothing. So, I'm like, dude, open the door, and it's like he opened up. It was like a big gold light shot out of Vibe's doors. It was crazy to me. I was just like, wow. And I'm like, yo, where, where everybody at? And he was like, oh, I was just trying to see if you was going to be scared, man. I, I, I just said that to see if you was going to show up or not. He was like, I just had to do some work up in here today. So, you know, I figured I'd just have you come up here. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What if I was scared? What if I was scared? It was like, damn, 300 people. I ain't going to make it. How about this, though? This is, this is the kicker that I hardly ever get to deep dive into. The internship was for a site called The Suicide, D-A-S-E-W-A-S-I-D-E, which was Greg's sub-site on Vibe's site. Okay, okay. It was his own little underground hip-hop e-zine. That's what they used to call them back then, electronic zines. E-zine on Vibe Online which was already not looked at with a whole lot of respect because it was all about print in 96. Right. The website was just a promotional tool at that point, and no one really thought about it until the crew that I ended up linking with, they took that shit serious, and they got Tupac. They got one of the last interviews with Tupac on camera. That's when they started like kind of like, oh, okay, the website kind of got It's doing something. something. <laughs> That's not the print. This is some shit you can see Tupac being mad at and why. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But still was getting shit in on because it was still like, that's the internet. Right. That's not the thing. And um, I came around that time. I came in May of 96. This is when, it, this is Tupac's full on onslaught against Bad Boy. By September, he's dead. I get to see how Vibe handles a catastrophe like that. It's a tragedy. And stopping the presses, you know, putting a cover over a cover, which was the new edition cover. They were just getting back together with Puff. Yeah. And the that was in the whole like home again. Yeah, the home again time. Yeah. And um I'm right there for that. And I'm I'm soaking all this in. And I I hate to say, but that time really made me realize this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to be able to report and give my expertise on hip hop culture and what's happening right now as the as the game is hurting because of this. And now what's gonna happen to Biggie? And now like what's gonna what's gonna happen to, you know, the East Coast, West Coast war and all of this stuff. I, I wanted to be involved in 
kind of breaking down and helping people understand that because everybody there's no social media. Right. Like there's really like really the beautiful thing about at that time as well is that your narrative was the narrative of yeah. of history. That's that's all that's there. Yep. That's all that's there. And if anybody wants to go back now, it's going to be revisionist history. Yep, exactly. You know what I exactly. mean? Like they romanticize it a little bit too much. And what was your what was your first job? What was your first job uh, or your first big assignment? So after I got the internship, um, I was working with the Vibe Online team. As much as I was working on the, the suicide stuff, they started to see that I was I was like one of those those kids that always, even to this day, book bag going to events I had built up from running around trying to produce for cats I had built up um, a really strong network of connectors and um, from my network once I got the internship they realized like I'd come in with a bunch of net uh, with a bunch of connections right so they're like yo we got this movie thing that we want you to do the first big one I remember as an intern was um, Nia Long Oh to, man! They sent me to the Love Jones uh, movie junket. Lorenz Tate. Lorenz Tate. I had to interview them. That was like my first big thing. What was that like? It was incredible, man. Nia and Long was like the hottest young black actress at the time. She's still the hottest young yes, black actress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still is. Some things never change. It never change. And I remember I dressed up for it, and she could tell I was like a little uncomfortable. And um, but the thing was, the other journalists. From like you know big spots, they were like this is Daytona Thomas from Vibe. I was like, and they said Vibe around. I was like, wow, that's that was huge. That was huge. (laughs) And I'm nervous as hell. I'm so nervous. And I remember she was like, hey, you good? Are you good? I was like, all right, cool. And it was like a round robin kind of kind of talk. It was other other um, journalists. Yeah, but I was closest to her, and I was like, yeah. So you from Brooklyn? And she was like, what? Nobody had really spoke on the fact that she was from Brooklyn, like she was born in Brooklyn. And, and she was like, what? 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 It shocked her. Everybody else was looking like, because I guess like in her bio, it doesn't necessarily. Right, it's also pre-wiki. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like pre-wiki. Like right. you had to go do your search. Yeah, this is serious. Yeah. And I was, I was talking about Brooklyn with her. And then she started getting like, her whole shit changed. Like her tone and her voice, <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, Kingston." Now I was like, "Kingston," They're like, "Oh, you from Kingston? I'm from Primo." Da, da, da. Yo, it got real. It got slightly hood for a second. <laughs> Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. She was just like, yo, I fuck with him. And um, it was, that was a dope moment. 
that made me realize that I had something unique that all these other big spots didn't have. I had perspective, and I also had the kind of information that um, I felt could be the edge that I can use in my writing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was dope. And so, and so you you're uh, you were over at Double XL. Yeah, and we used to have this intern room up at Vibe. So everybody used to go in there. My man, Mike Hawsworth, who was an um, online designer and tech dude, he used to bring his 1200s so we could DJ up there. It, we used to have an intern room with 1200s with a mixer, and he would DJ on our breaks. And I remember when um, when Mike, he turned the turntables on, he was, he was zigging, 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 and Rich was in there, and Rich was like, yo, I met this guy, Reginald Dennis, and he had his card, and it was the double XL card. And he was like, yeah. I was like, Reginald Dennis from The Source? And I was like, yo, I think they left. And he was like, yeah, they left, and they started this. And it was double um, XL. It wasn't even out yet, not even a preview issue. Wow. So I was like, yo, you called him? He ran into him on the street, and he recognized him. He got his card somehow. But I was a fan of Reggie's. Because he used to have this column in the source called the Dennis Files. Mm-hmm. Um, my man Rich, he, he had the card, and I could just grabbed the card from him and was like, yo, you going to call dude? He was like, nah. I was like, I'm going to call him. And I called Reggie, and I told him I was a writer for Vibe, which I was the intern for Vibe. <laughs> oh, stretch it. I said, I was stretching, man. I was like, yeah, I do this, that, and the third. And all he did was entertain me. He was laughing probably because he knows everybody over there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I had no idea like how how small the industry was at that time as far as like writers of significance. And if I was dope like I said I was, he would know me. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he was just like laughing. I think I could hear him laughing. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you from there? Why? Okay. That's so funny. Why don't you come up here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I came up to Harris Publications, eleven fifteen Broadway, right on the corner, right where forty forty is. Now. Yes. It was the eighth floor, seventh and eighth floor at the time. And um we sat down, we we spoke for three hours straight, five five thirty to eight thirty, I'll never forget. And neither one of us got up. And I was just telling I I basically avalanched him with all my hip hop shit. Everything everything up until that moment that I had gotten from before I went to Japan, in Japan, all my New Mexico shit. All the stuff that I learned from um, from producing and studying records with my uncles, every it was like everything all into that moment with Reggie, to the point where he was like he never even read my clips. Wow! All my stuff from Vibe Online, he was just like, "Yo, I got some stuff for you to write." And I'll never forget that feeling, man. Like, and I got my first check. I remember my first check was like, what was my first check with Double XL? It must have been like. 1300. Yo, I and, remember. And, that, and back then? 96, broke ass day. 1300 right now is good. 1300. It was something around 1300. It might have been a little more. I'm going to ask my cousin because he was with me when I cashed it. We was like, whoa! <laughs> He's like, nigga, you wrote, yo, go right now. He was like, go right now. <laughs> he wanted me to write something. That's he was so like, yo, good. Yo, go get that. And I remember I had to wait. I had to wait like. Like three months, I had turned it in and I started questioning, like, yo, are they playing me? And I remember questioning Reg and he laughed at me, like, nah, man, you get paid when it come out. 
That's crazy. Um, and I had no idea what that was like because the whole time I was at Vibe, I never got paid. I also want to know, how did you... Uh, uh, explain to me the origins of the freshman. Oh, the- wow, man. So, boom. Elliot had done a, a, a issue called Leaders of the New School with like 10 dudes, all white jackets and stuff like that. And it was like Boozy, uh, Saigon, Papoose, Crooked Eye, all of those guys that was killing at the time. Excuse me. And the it, the issue didn't do as well as they would have liked. Um, I think mainly because of just the visual of how it was. Okay. You know, the guys were really small, but the idea was dope. And then I was like, yo, it'd be ill if we, you know, did that with like all the mixtape cats, da da da, and just repackage it and make it a tour and, you know, make, make a little record and have the guys rap and all that. And I put all those different things together for the freshmen. Yeah. And man, oh man. The response was overwhelming. It was crazy. Landmark. Yo, it was wow. Wale. And and it was just like the timing was right. You know, Wale was on the first cover. It was like three cover joint. Wale, B.O.B., Asher Roth, Charles Hamilton. Then you, you flipped it. Then it was Corey Guns, uh, Mickey Fax, and Blue. Then you flipped it, and it was Ace Hood. Currency and Kid Cudi. Crazy. And people was like, wow, man. It, it was so dope. And my thing was like putting this whole production together where I was like, yo, we're going to have them rap, but you ain't going to know who it is until we drop the cover. And we were like putting on the internet like these little visuals of dudes like Kid Cudi. He was rapping, but he had his bape hoodie zipped all the way to the top. Yeah. Um, uh, Currency had like the bandana across his face. Blue had his back to the camera. Somebody else had their hand over their mouth. It was crazy. And I just felt like this was going to be something that any kid anywhere could feel like they could make the cover. Who doesn't want that opportunity? Yeah, it, it became like the, the, the almost like an Apollo performance of publications. You wanted to be on it. You there. wanted to be on it. You, like you, you want to just star on 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 in Harlem. Yeah, you, you know you, what I mean. You and want it, that. You exactly. want to rub. You want to rub that little tree. It, and it became almost like a rookie of the year. You had to love it, man. Like you had to love type it. of feeling. Yeah, you had to. Love so that it. had to be, feel great to like contribute something like that to the culture that's became Yo, a staple. To the point where I went, I went to a, I went to a party. I, I think I've told this before. I went to um, LeBron James' birthday party in Cleveland. Subtle flex? Yeah, not even. Because <laughs> after Double XL, after I did that, I went, I went with Russell to um, Global Grind, and um, I remember I was at, I was at his birthday party. It was snowing. It was crazy. It was a nut, nut crazy party. Everybody was in there, man. Acos, Jeezy, you know, Drake. Everybody that was huge at the time was in this party, and um, I remember Drake was like, "Yeah, you ain't." You ain't pick me for your for your cover. I was, like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, yo, so far gone wasn't really like all the way out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, nah, man, nah, man. Yeah, I mean, cool. You, you got to eat that one. And what was funny was like, I remember his name came up, but the so far gone wasn't all the way there. It was like a couple of songs. Yeah. 
But by the time it came out, so far gone was like God, so far gone. So it looked it looked like yo, what y'all do? Y'all dropped the bag. You dropped the bag, brother. You That's funny. Saying? I remember that. But um, I, I love Drake, man. Super cool cat. I want to ask you about, um, you know. Why did you decide to start King? Like, what was the process yeah. of starting a magazine? So, wow. where, where did the idea of of, of uh, creating King come from? Uh-huh. And what was the process of, like, making that that happen and come to fruition? Double XL was probably that that precursor to letting me know, like, it gets better. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, at the time, I was uh, a young editor, and... I had the responsibility of editing the upfront section. So that was like the letter section when people actually used to write, handwrite letters. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the olden days, they used to handwrite the letters and they would send them in. Mainly a lot of guys that were locked up <laughs> or their girlfriends yeah. that would write for them. Um, and they'll be like, page 38 had something about rims. You know, yo, I want to I wanna know who that girl was. Yo, the clothes on such and such page. And I used to be like, they ain't even talking about the music. Yeah. They're not talking about the music. They're talking about the lifestyle and everything around it. In our cubicle, we had nothing but girls. We had girls all over the to the point where we had cartoon, cartoon girls. That was hot. Wow. <laughs> like the Lola Bunny. Yeah, yeah, like that <laughs> type of stuff. And um, we was like, yo, we need a girl section. And we put in eye candy. And I can't, it became what it was. And then King kind of spiraled out of that idea of King kind of spiraled out of that in our ride section that we wanted. And I wanted to have a magazine that had both of those sensibilities because when I went to the barbershop, that's what dudes talked about. I, I wanted a magazine that the guys talked about in whole, not just the music, because Double XL was just the music. And what, what did it feel like with, um, one song in particular, when I think of King, was T-Pain, I Can't Believe It. Yo, doubt. What, what was that feeling like when you heard that record? And, and what do you think that did for the brand at that time? The T-Pain shout-out and the game shout-out yep. for, for Maya in the video. In the video. In the it was in the video. In the video. Those two were, were paramount, man. It, it, was, it was like... I remember when the publisher was like, why y'all not getting mentioned in rap songs? And I mean, I mean, literally like a week later, I bet you he thought I went and called somebody. <laughs> and we started getting mentioned all the time after that. But I remember him saying that, like, y'all, y'all doing good, but why y'all not getting mentioned in, in the song? <laughs> Next week, boom. Crazy. It was like a, Big punch in the face on him. How did you? How did you uh, uh, hear about the T Pain? Oh man, I was. Uh, I think I was driving, and the record came in. Cause you look so good. Tell me why you wanna work here. I put you on the front page of a King magazine, but you gonna get yourself hurt here. Hey, baby, and I heard it. Monster I put record. You in the King magazine, but I was like, what? What? That was a, that sound like Lil John. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is nuts. And that was a monster record. Monster record. was scorching at that time. And everybody wanted to know what was King, what he was going to put this girl on. What yep. was that about? Um, could you give me a time when you were, you know, you were given like a, 
uh, the privilege to hear some of the hottest music exclusively. Oh, Are there any stories behind that? Some, some that. I, I would say, I've, I've told the Kanye college dropout story where, you know, I met, I met him officially at the Clones listening session at Soho House for um, Pharrell and Chad's album and took us downstairs, me and my man Jermaine Hall took us downstairs and he played it in his G500 and it was like maybe, it was only like maybe four or five songs in at that time. But you, but, but you, how did, how, how did Kanye, how did the entire interaction happen that he was like, yo, I'm going to like play you something? Oh, because he recognized me from the magazine and being on TV. Okay. So he was like, yo, you that king dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. And, that's it. Yo, and, and for someone that loves Amber Rose, I guess, you know, he, yeah, he knew, he, he, he knew he, I was he, the guy he, that he had you. the girls. There you yeah, go. exactly. And um, that was funny because I was over by the bar. I remember he had on all white. He just came up to me like, you that king dude. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. And did you know who Kanye was at, the, yeah, at this time? Yeah, definitely because he was rocking at that point. Um, just on the production, you know, um, I, I want to say this is like maybe 2002. Yeah, it's around 2001, 2002. Okay. But I did know of him, and he was floating around the city and stuff like that. But to fast forward a bunch of years, from college dropout, for me having him come up and meet Elliot and playing stuff for him and stuff for XXL. Each album after, he would at least have me come through to an early session to hear stuff. Wow. So late graduation, um, late registration, I'm sorry. Late registration, I was there for like um, the song Late. How, how do you get these calls? Did he call you? He called me and was like, yo, I'm going to be over at the studio and I would come. But it would always be super late. It would be super late. It would be like one in the morning. Really? Yeah, I, I went to those kind of sessions. And so, like, who would be like in the room during oh, the several man. sessions? For the for college dropout, I heard it at the G five hundred on the street. For late registration, excuse me, I um, I heard that with consequence in there. And then for graduation, um, I was in, with him in Cali, which is a crazy situation. Um, and that one. Was dope. Wait, That's, wait, wait. But how'd you get flown out? You, you flew out I, to Cali? I, I flew out to Cali. I was out there. Yo, this is the crazy thing about that one. I, I, I don't even think I told this story. I go out to Cali for a photo shoot that I had to do for King. My fashion director was also, at the time, she was um, styling for Nelly. Okay. So she was like, yo, me and Nelly are over at this photo shoot with Vanity Fair. Um... For all the rappers. She's like, everybody over here. She's like, you just landed? Come over here. Come straight here. Don't even go to the hotel. I go straight there with my man, Adele, who was my West Coast editor. We go over to this photo shoot for Vanity Fair. And it was like Vanity Fair's foray into like, here's all the rappers. That's dope. So they had Eve and Bow Wow and Ice-T and Luda and Nelly and Kanye and bunch of them, and they had, like, all these different setups. And I think it was Mark Selinger, the photographer, the great photographer. Yeah, yeah. So they had all these different setups. So one setup was, like, a library room. One was, like, a little rec room with a pool table. One was, like, um, like a smoke room. And when I get there, I'm looking for my, my fashion director, and I'm looking for Nelly, 
But Kanye is right there. He's like, yo, Dave, what up? And I see I'm cool with him. He's like, yo, what's going on? What's going on? So they had just finished their part. And I guess the rest of them had to do some of their part. And Ye was like, yo, you got to come to the crib. You got to come to the crib. You got to hear the music. I was like, all right, cool. I just got to go meet with Nelly and him. He was like, nah, man, come now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, come now. I was like, yo, they, I think they right over there. He's like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> I don't even know if I saw them. I can't remember if I saw them or not. Ye just straight took me <laughs> outside. And he had the brand new McLaren Benz, like crazy with the shit with the wings. Oh, my like God. Up. Shit looked like the Star back to Wars. The, back to the Future joint. Yeah. yeah. He had that joint. Just, you know, on the humble. And I remember we walked out with Ice-T. And Ice-T was like, you going to get in the car with him? Didn't he make his song about not being able to drive? <laughs> I remember that shit. Yeah, he just looked at him. <laughs> he just looked at him like... Man, he was like, "Yo, I right, <laughs> like buckle up." Yo, good like, point he, though. He, he he made he made like the reference to buckle up. Like I was dying, so we get in the car. We pull. Yo, the car was crazy. The car was crazy, like crazy plush, like rugs and shit. <laughs> he backs he backs up to pull out of the of the uh, parking lot, and as we coming out. He speeds to the stop sign, and yo, I swear to you, it was an old lady pushing the shopping cart. I thought he was gonna kill this woman. I was like, no yo, this, I was like, this drive right now. He was like, yeah, I live up in the hills. I was like, oh my god, he was about to kill his grandma. <laughs> the grandma looked like a whole life came out of her. A whole life. She, al- she almost got hit by Kanye. Yo, West. yo, it was the craziest thing. So then he he looks at me. <laughs> looks at me and I just look at him like I man <laughs> I see my <laughs> so my man my man A yo A I gotta tell this I gotta tell this A my man Adele he was supposed to follow us cause yeah, he was like yeah just follow me I forgot what A was in whatever car it was it was not catching a McLaren <laughs> yay was out <laughs> Out. I was like, yo, my my man following me. He was like, oh, he'll catch up. <laughs> he'll catch us out of light. I was uh, like, it don't look like you're stopping at lights. You know, I'm thinking this to myself. Yeah. Yo, he left my man. <laughs> he left my man. That is and so I, I remember funny. I had my phone on me and my phone was dying. So I couldn't even tell my man where we was going. So we get up in the hills and we had, we had, um, we, we approaching Ye Crib. And I was like, oh, this joint crazy. And um we, he he takes me through the crib and I remember seeing like the the um Jetsons stuff that's in that um what video is that where he's smoking the animated one? Oh, it's about um It's from uh It's from uh eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. So this is before the eight oh eight though, but the 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 visuals for that, it was the artwork with Elroy and yeah. Jetsons, that's in his crib. And I'm like, wow. Then you go into like his dressing room, like like his his a room that was just like a closet, and it was like different levels. And then that's when he was in his Mirakami phase. Um, and we just start talking about life. We start talking about life, and he was like, "You want something to drink?" I was like, "Yeah." And then he, it was like a wall, and the wall was the refrigerator. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> first, you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. Like, this is some other shit. This, Martha Stewart ain't up on this shit, like. 
And uh, so we bounced from there. He was like, yo, I want to play you some joints. I was like, all right. So I'm thinking he's going to play me some joints in the crib. He was like, nah, we're going to the studio. Go to the studio. It's like, who is it? Um, Pharrell, Common, Rick Rubin, and Larry Charles. And if you're a Seinfeld fan like I am, you'll know that Larry Charles is one of the producers of the Seinfeld show. Wait, but how does this kind of session happen? This, this, it's crazy. How, how does this? He was going. He was. He was going to. Because does he get a phone call like, "Yo, we just nah, going"? Nah, he was. He he had that session planned already. Wow, that was just something that he was that he was doing. Mind you, my man meets us there. <laughs> Oh, he's hot. Yeah, my he's man's hot. Like, he was like, yo, I, yo, what happened? I'm sorry, eh? I don't know you, man. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know you, bro, but I feel for you, bro. My man, A is like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> he beats us at that joint. You know what I mean? Where was it? Uh, record plant. Wow. Record plant. And um, so he's um, he's playing me good life. He's playing me power. He's playing me all these different joints, man. I'm on the West Coast like, yo, this is crazy. And Pharrell is just like sitting there like getting inspired and then he's talking about the things that he's working on and then I was just like wow man this is dope this is like the creative space the juice that you need to be inspired if you ever need to be inspired that was the that was the moment that's where I was like super battery in the back and then I remember um so a whole bunch of events happened boom that goes get back to New York I get called by Big Sean. Gotta come to the studio. Gotta come to the studio right now. I was like, yo, I'm about to go. He's like, I don't care. Come to the studio. I was like, all right. I get to the studio. I don't know. I'm thinking he's doing something. Next thing you know, he was like, I'm on my way there. He calls me again. Yo, yay is here. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get in. Skirt. Skirt. Boom. I get in. Yay is playing. Yay is yay is uh tweaking. He's he's mixing. Power, the song Power, and he's trying to get these certain drums that he needs for the for the joint. Oh, why Jay Z walks in? So now in the in the studio, it's Jay Brown, Jay Z, Kanye, Big Sean, Ron Fest is in the back, A Track. Wow! I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Sean like I just want to hug him, just to be like thank you. You know, for bringing me here, like having me come. So he plays Big Brother for Jay Z for the first time. No and way. I'm, and I'm sitting right there and I'm looking at Jay's reaction to Big Brother. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> My big brother was Big's brother. Used to be Dame and Big's brother. Who was hip hop brother? Who was no ID friend? No ID my mentor. And I let the story begin. It's the hard knock life to a sellout. Picture us in the mall, copping iceberg and yell out, Jigga. Yeah, that's a weird yell out. Wait, what, what, what's, what's Jay's reaction to Jay, Jay was so cool, man. Yo, it's a Jay Z reaction. <laughs> yeah, yo, so, man. Jay Z is the black Fonzie, man. Like, you can't. Was he was he impressed? He was, was impressed, and I remember he didn't turn to anybody. He was at, he was at the board, you know, the board with all the controls and everything. He was yeah. at the board and just bobbing his head. He had his hand on the boards. He was bobbing his head. Bigs, brother, this Bigs, brother, and I was like, and this is my first time hearing it. 
So I'm looking at him like my eyes are wide and I'm all the way like I'm and this is a huge ass studio. This I think I want to say it was Chun King or where Chun King used to be. And um I remember Jay at the end, because Kanye kind of get at him a little. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He like, talked about the the, the, the cold play. play. Yeah, the cold play line was yep. the one that caught me. I was like, first run caught me. I was like, ooh, Chris Martin, oh shit. He's saying Jake took Like, it. took his idea. Yeah, I was like, yikes. And Jay was just bobbing. And I remember it stopped. We was all looking. And I'm like, Jay was like, yo. What we doing? We working? Or we, what we chilling? Like, <laughs> everybody get back to work. <laughs> this album got to get out, don't it? And, yo, and then you see how you laugh? Everybody started laughing. That's hilarious. We were all wondering what he's going to say. He was like, yo, everybody get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess going. in Jay's mind, Jay's like, yo, this is going to sell out of records. Yo, this is going to be the shit. <laughs> yo, but I just want people, if you hear that story, like, imagine hearing Big Brother for the first time with that. I think DJ Toom did it. Yeah, yeah. It, like Toom, and, and you know his his hits are just like, and I just remember them hits just hitting hard. Like, and every time Ye was saying something to him, it was like a hit with a hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just musically, and to be in that room and to witness that, and then I remember, I remember uh, Sean just turned like his eyebrows went up. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, wow, man, I'm at this moment. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. You are the man. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 